Hello, hello, hello. This is Natalie Francis Clark, host of the Pause Reset Brunch podcast. Today, my guest is Mylene D. Matthew Manzano, and we are very excited to have um, such an extraordinary lady on this podcast. This will be for the March podcast. So once again, I want to welcome Mylene to the podcast. Welcome, Mylene. Thank you, Natalie. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So before I begin, I always like to ask my guests if they're eating or drinking anything at this moment. No, I'm not. Okay. You know, strange as it is, I'm always I'm always drinking something, water, tea, or whatever, but today I'm I'm not. So we're in the same boat today. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna start off by reading your bio. Uh, Mylene D. Matthews Manzano was born on the beautiful Caribbean island, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. From early, education was always a focus in her life. Mylene graduated from St. Vincent Girls High School in 1977 and was awarded passes in six O-level subjects from the University of London, England. Upon graduation, she taught geography and Spanish at the Intermediate Secondary School. Shortly after, she obtained employment at the Royal Bank of Canada, where she excelled in several positions during her tenure before immigrating to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the United States with her parents and younger brother in December 1980. She continued her career in the financial industry by obtaining a teleposition at Fidelity Bank. Within one year, she was promoted to senior teller. After receiving her Certificate of Banking Diploma with a 4.0 GPA, one of her professors encouraged her to attend college. Mylene applied and was accepted in all schools she applied to. She obtained her Associate Degree in Business Administration with an accounting major and graduated cum laude in 1987 from Wharton Evening School at the University of Pennsylvania while maintaining her full-time position. After 13 and a half years, Mylene started a new journey for Core States Bank in Philadelphia. Due to mergers and acquisitions, she accepted a position as supervisor of mergers and acquisition team with title of assistant vice president with First Union Bank, now Wells Fargo, and relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina in 1998. Mylene continued to excel in her career and eventually enrolled at Queen's University to obtain her Bachelor's of Science degree in Information Systems. After 11 years of study, she graduated magna cum laude in 2013. This degree allowed her to become the first person to hold the position of UAT coordinator in the Institutional Retirement Division at Wells Fargo. She held this position until the division was sold to Principal Financial in 2019. She became an integral part of the migration team and then assumed her current position of senior programs manager in the trust and custody division. Mylene is a proud mother of two sons and two beautiful grandsons. She has always maintained her love for her Caribbean culture and education. Mylene has been an active participant in Charlotte's Caribbean community. In 2002, she joined the Caribbean International Cultural Association, SICA. She held the position as treasurer for over 10 years until she was elected as president. 
Seeker is a nonprofit organization that awards scholarships to graduating high school seniors of Caribbean descent attending a college or university. Mylene is also involved in charities locally and internationally. She enjoys reading, traveling, and spending time with family and friends. Furthermore, she loves attending Caribbean carnivals worldwide and showcasing her Vinci flag. Once again, let's welcome Mylene. Thank you, Natalie. So Mylene, so as I read, as I read through your bio, one thing that was a common theme was education. What factor made education so important to you from, from, from so young? From beginning, my mom was a teacher. Mm. So that's where it all started. She became a teacher at the age of 18 and ended up being, you know, a, we say a headmistress in St. Vincent, like a principal mm-hmm. of several schools. So all of her children, including myself, we actually went to school before we were five years old. We went to school at the age of three. Okay. And so I realized how much you could learn and what the benefit of education did for us. And mm-hmm. then, so all through my school day, I always wanted to be first, to tell you the truth. I didn't want to be anything less. <laughs> I was always striving to get that A. Ah, okay, <laughs> okay. Competitive spirit, eh? Yep. <laughs> and, and the funny thing about it too, my older brother was a teacher, my older sister was a teacher, and the sister before me. So of my mom's six children, four of us became teachers at some time in our careers. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. So it's, you know, it's, 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 you inherited that passion, honestly. I would say so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you said um, in St. Vincent, your dream job was um, working at RBC. Did you uh, see would, your, go ahead. At, at the age of 10, I will tell you, I, you know, in the Caribbean, you had to pass a test to go to high school. It wasn't just you went to high school. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 10, I was in scholarship class, ready to take my exam. But when school started, I would not have been, I was actually nine. I would not have been 10 years and six months, which was a minimum age. Okay. I was really mad. So I had to wait another year before I went to high school. Mm. But the, my first year in high school, I opened a bank account. Because we lived on a farm and mm-hmm. we lived in the country. And the high school was in town. And, you know, back in those days, you would hear country bookie versus town. But we had a lot of fruits. And so I took my fruits and sold them in school. My sister took hers and gave them away, but I did not. So selling my fruits, I made money. And every week, I went to the bank and deposited my money. So I also learned the value of money at an early age. And I will tell you back then, I said I would either work at the bank, airport, or at a hotel. Those are my three choices. Okay. And, and I ended up at the bank. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. That's good to know the background. And here you are close to retirement and um, still in the financial industry. I sure am. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Now, was it a hard choice to leave your family members and move to Charlotte, North Carolina when you did? It was extremely difficult because at the time when I relocated, Mm -hmm. I was actually going through a divorce Mm -hmm. and a custody battle. And 
I actually had to leave my children in New Jersey. Couldn't bring them with me. Oh, wow. So it was extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. But I would say my faith, my family, and my job, mm -hmm. even though my managers had just gotten to know me, working at First Union at that time was also a blessing. They work with me through everything. So I have to say I've been blessed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's always helpful when you have supportive people on your side, you know, makes things a little easier. Definitely. Yeah. Now, as a, because I know you are a proud grandmother. <laughs> so as a proud and active grandmother, what traits or characteristics do you want to pass on to your to your grandkids? Education, number one. Mm -hmm. I buy educational toys for them. I encourage their parents to read to them because mm -hmm. that's one thing I did with my children as well. Read to them from an early age. Mm -hmm. My oldest son could read at the age of three, going to the library every week, picking out his own books. Mm -hmm. um, and saving. The gifts I give my grandchildren was savings accounts. And I deposit money in those accounts every paycheck I get. Nice. Time they're 18, they will be well on their way to succeeding. Another thing that I think a lot of us parents or grandparents don't really know about is that you can also start your grandchildren building their credit at that age. So one of my grandsons is on my credit card. Oh. At, uh, yes. And then my other son, he put his son on his credit card. Okay. So. They and start building their credit from the time they have a social security card. Wow. So just so just so just for the audience to know, how old is your grandson? So they'll know how early that they can do something like this. Um, one is two years old and the other one will be two next month. Okay. They started so you, as soon as they had a social security number. Awesome. So you hear that audience is never, is never, ever, ever too early. To get them on to get them on that right financial path. Not at all. I like that. So, um, along with the education, uh, what made you decide to join Sika, which also ties into your passion for education? Like I said, again, Sika was great to find my Caribbean heritage all over again. In mm -hmm. Philadelphia, I actually belonged to a Caribbean group, but it was all Vincentians. Okay. It was called the Vincentian Organization of Pennsylvania. And I was the chair of the education committee. So we would buy books and supplies and send back to the children in St. Vincent, mm -hmm. the fundraisers for that. So, and again, we did Christmas events where we give gifts to underprivileged children. The same sort of activities seekers involved with. The only thing we didn't give scholarships, but we always give back to the community. So... Finding SECA was like a continuation of my work with the Vincentian organization in Pennsylvania. I actually still have a tie to them and go back to Philadelphia several times when they have events as well. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I know I touched I touched briefly um what SECA what SICA is, a nonprofit organization. Um how has the journey been? Because you've been involved with SICA, you know for quite some time and you're still there. So how has the journey been um, and how is it now compared to when you started? 
when I started, and unfortunately, the two people who I met when I joined Sika, I joined Sika in 2002. They actually mm. had a membership drive, and it was held at the old Crystal's nightclub when Crystal was just starting. Mm. And I met Christine Pottinger and Marvin Betodier. They're both from Trinidad. Mm -hmm. And they encouraged me to join. So I signed up for Sika and that, I actually didn't become a member immediately. But they had informed me at the time there was going to be a scholarship award the first time in August of that year. I think I went to the meeting, I would say it was June. Mm -hmm. And I remember my older sister and her husband were visiting me. So that year, I went to that dinner dance, me and my sister and her husband. I really didn't know anybody besides them. But I went in and the people were very welcoming. They were so welcoming that the president at that time, who was Linda Brown, she asked me to award the scholarships. So I went up. And I introduced myself and, you know, I said, Mylene Matthews from St. Vincent de Grenadines and awarded the scholar. And when I went back to my seat, this young lady came up to me and said, you're Mylene Matthews. Yes. And you're from St. Vincent. Yes. She said, I had a pen pal in St. Vincent called Mylene Matthews. I said, I'm the only one. And then she <laughs> said, not only that, I have a picture that you sent me from St. Vincent, and I'm gonna bring it for you. So we exchanged numbers. This was a pen pal I had from Jamaica. And I don't know if back then, you know, nowadays you have Facebook and you have Instagram yeah. and you have Twitter. Back then we had pen pals. Mm -hmm. And we used to get the pen pals either from the radio station or a magazine, and we would write each other letters. So, this young lady and I were corresponding back then. And when yeah, middle, when I eventually met her, she had a photograph of my lane. Wow. So we came from, I came via Philadelphia. She came via New York. And she actually brought my photograph with her to the United States. I was, it was in 1974 wow. that she had a picture of myself. It was kind of like full circle as if you were supposed to be there. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I would say from then, again, that's another friendship developed, now face to face. And I met a lot of people. And then at that time, Sika was also involved with hosting the Charlotte Summer Festival, it was called at that time. They coordinated with Jamaica, the Jamaican American Association. So we used to form one committee from both organizations to put on the carnival. So they put on the carnival in 2002 and 2003. And in 2004, when we were getting ready for the carnival, so, summer festival back then, because back then we didn't have the big costumes that it evolved into, mm -hmm. hurricane came through. So 2004 canceled. And then it never rekindled until it came back a couple of years later with a different set of resources who brought the carnival back and then it became charlotte caribbean carnival okay okay so um the scholarships how were they given they're given out through an annual dinner and dance right 
So before we even get into 2023, how was it during the pandemic in regards to the scholarships? During the pandemic, we had to become very creative. And, you know, we have, we've gotten quite a few new people who joined SICA Mm -hmm. and everybody comes with a different lens, different views. They have different skills. They have different ideas. They have different techniques and stuff that we can use. So Zoom, we're actually using Zoom now, although we're just talking. We did our last three events in 2020, 21, and 2022 virtually. And I will say that was still successful because we were able to get 50 plus people to join in. And we awarded a lot of scholarships during that time and we hope to do so again this year. This year, we're going back in person, and it's going to be at the Levine Senior Center on Saturday, May the 6th at 7 p.m. Donation is $60 for adults and $30 for children 12 and under. And we hope that some of you who are listening would actually participate or donate to our organization. Okay, now if, if someone wanted to donate, how would they how would they do that? We have Cash App. Our Cash App is dollar sign CICA2020. Or you can mail checks payable to Sika at P.O. Box 42089 in Charlotte, North Carolina, 28215. Okay. Awesome. If you know members like Natalie or myself, please feel free to contact us and we'll be able to help you with that definitely and then and then there's also a website a website is sika c-i-c-a carolina dot org o-r-g okay now sticking with the education and also just you being um a strong individual just by you know your life experiences and what you shared with us you went to school for 11 years, right, to obtain your your bachelor's. And one thing I can say, I commend you for not quitting. There's so many people in that situation that probably would have given up, you know, with different obstacles that, you know, that they face. What advice would you give to someone out there that's, that's tempted to give up? I would say don't give up and it's never too late to learn. And I will tell you, when I went back to school, I started in 2002. That was the year that my kids went back to live with their dad. So I actually used it as a way to find some time to occupy myself Mm -hmm. instead of just sitting at home. Mm -hmm. And in my position that I was in at that time, I had just gotten a promotion to to a new position. And I was working with individuals from technology. I was in the operational side of the the house. And when I realized how much money there is to be made in technology versus operations, I'm like, I'm doing the wrong thing. (laughs) So again, my first major, which I could have continued was accounting, but I switched to information systems. And Going to school, you learn so much. It helped actually helped me with my job 
that I had, it exposed me to different people of different cultures, different resources. And I told people at the time, I didn't need my education for my job. I needed my job for my education. And what I meant by that is my company paid for all my classes. All mm -hmm. I had to do was get an average rate, a C average. So every semester I would be reimbursed for my class. And the position I had at that time, I was the manager for the company's 401k plan. And back then, mergers were happening every year. Oh, yeah. So every year, I had to work New Year's Day. There was a merger, and the 401k plan is one of the first benefits that merges. So I needed my job more than I needed my education. So that's why it took me so long. I took one class a semester, and a few semesters, I had to do mergers versus going to school, right? Mm -hmm. But in the end, it paid off. It paid off so much so that in my final year where I took my core classes and I did it strategically because, you know, technology changes all the time. So when you get closer to graduation, you more take your technology classes. And one of my classes had to do with system testing. And in my current job, not only did I run operations, our, in, our record keeping system was built in-house. I was on the team that started from the ground up doing business design documentation, writing project plans, writing testing plans, training the business units. So I actually had a real rounded experience in our system. And on the team I was on, I had a test of a couple of my teammates who I trained to do the testing. Mm -hmm. So one of my final classes was research on testing. How it is, how do you do it, what do you do, et cetera. And I got an A on that paper. And my teacher at that time was a senior vice president at Duke Energy. He offered me a position. Wow. I did not take that position because Wells Fargo, which was well at that time, had been very good to me. And again, they paid for my education. Mm -hmm. I was there over 20-something years. I was not going to leave. That being said, it was I graduated in May. And in April, this position had come up because our systems were getting so big. We were getting some big clients. We needed several enhancements. And the business units were not good at testing. We had too many defects going into production. So senior management said, we need somebody who could coordinate all the testing for all the areas. And they posted a position. Now, first position they posted was a lower position than what I eventually got. But what happened is they asked me to be on the panel to interview these people. Mm -hmm. So I was a panel of five and we interviewed several candidates. And none of the candidates really had what they were looking for. They couldn't find anybody. So I approached the manager who was going to be their manager, and I said to the manager, you know, if you guys made this position this level, I will apply for it. They did that. So now I, I became the interviewer. Actually, you know, because it, it's not like they're going to just give me the job. I still had to go through the process and interview. 
So they interview with people again, but now I'm on the other side and I'm being interviewed. And I will tell you, I had not interviewed in 13 years, but because I was always doing interviews on the other side, it was not difficult because at that time, panel interviews was becoming a thing, mm -hmm. right? And even today, I know a lot of people are intimidated by panel interviews, but because I was so accustomed on the other end and could relate to how some people feel, it was not a problem. Interviewed with the manager on her panel. Then I had to interview with her boss and then her boss's boss. So it ended up, they told me with two people. And so the two of us had to meet with the two other folks. And as it would have it, that became my job. Got that position in April 2013, I was set to graduate May in 2013. So one month before I graduated. And I know the kind of salary that this position would get somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I know the salary that I would expect. And my new manager beat my expectations out of the water. I did not even have to negotiate. And... Like I tell most people all the time, I think I have been so blessed. I have had great managers my entire career, mm. whether it was in St. Vincent, in Philadelphia, or Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So again, I became the first one. Excel in that position. Every review was exceptional. I trained over 600 people all over the footprint of Wells Fargo. You know, again, great technology. We could do Teams meeting, Zoom meeting. Some of the people were on site at in Charlotte at CIC where I worked. And when it started becoming a lot more, I was able to tell my manager, it's too much for one person now. I need somebody else. And I was able to hire somebody else and train that person. Mm -hmm. And that person was also a very great addition. Unfortunately, when we got, um, you know, bought by principal, they didn't have a position for him because principal doesn't have a position like mine. So that's why I ended up being a secret program business manager, which is actually where I started when I came here. The title was just different. And okay. I worked in retirement versus now I'm in trust and custody. But needless to say, the young man that I trained and we keep in touch. Very nice. He's been to a couple of Sika events and he always donated. Donald, he was able to get a position. I wrote letters of recommendation for him. I wrote letters for him to go into graduate school. He got a position with a 25% salary increase when he left Wells Fargo. Oh, and he awesome. wrote and told me, thank you, Mylene. I learned so much from you. Mm -hmm. So... It, it's also great when you get feedback that you were able to make such a positive impact on somebody's life mm -hmm. and that they were able to tell you that. And I've had that a couple of times. And I also think it's great to thank the people who help you get where you are because, yes, you work hard, but people have to notice your work habit and reward you for it. So, especially when I went to Core States, that lady who hired me, I thank her. She ended up at Wells Fargo, too, because, you know, when they bought us, mm -hmm. and sent her a nice email. Eileen, thank you for the opportunities you gave me. 
And Suzanne, my manager before I booked the principal, was also one of the most awesome bosses. And we had so much in common, even though she was in Minnesota. We had two sons almost the same age. And it seemed they got into the same set of stuff that mine did, even though we came from different backgrounds and had different upbringings. So we had a great relationship. And a principal, the culture is still, I would say, just as welcoming to me. You know, I work still with a lot of my Wells Fargo counterparts. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, able to balance work and home life is there. They encourage education and encourage time for yourself. You work hard, you get rewarded. And again, like I've said before, I think I've been blessed. That's awesome. That I mean, that's good to hear. And it also proves that when you pour into people, you also get blessed, vice versa. Now, what does Mylene do for self-care? Well, I know Natalie knows a little about Mylene. <laughs> Mylene still loves to party. She can't party as much as she did when she was young. And she loves to go to Caribbean carnivals. But I also love being around family. Mm -hmm. So we have a tradition in our family where we celebrate birthdays that end with zero specifically. So if you're 10, you're 20, your anniversary is 30 or 40, we have a big event each year. And we've been to back to my islands in Minnesota twice in 2016 and 2018 for my brothers and his wife. And we have events for a whole week. This year, we're going on a cruise in December and we have approximately 27 people already signed up between family and friends. I still love to read, so I actually have this book I'm reading right now called The Big Lie by James Grippando. It's similar to the life of a former president, but the names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> and I visit my grandchildren at least once a week or they come and see me. And I go to Philadelphia or Delaware every chance that I get to see my extended family. And with Seekle, almost every single year, at least two members of my family are here to come to the scholarship awards. One sister has donated a scholarship consistently for over 10 years. So quick question about the scholarship. Is it too late for someone to apply? No, it's not. You have until March 31st. 2023, either hand-delivered or postmark by that date. Okay. And we, we announced the winners in April. Okay. Now, um, the scholarships, they can get it on the website? Yes. The application is is there at sikacarolina.org. Okay. You heard that, people. So it's not too late if you are a graduating high school senior within the Charlotte region and attending, um, planning to attend a university or college you still have time to apply for this scholarship. So Mylene, I want to thank you for being um, my guest today. Is there anything else you'd like to share before, before we go? No, I just want to appreciate the opportunity, Natalie. Um, this is the first time I'm doing one of these things. I have been interviewed before on my job, like, you know, because there were very few people, minorities, like women of color, in some of the positions I held. So I actually was featured in some items, our company's website or magazines that they put out before. So I really appreciate the opportunity. 
And I would encourage anyone, if they need a mentor in my free time, I am available if you would like to contact me. And my phone number is 704-965-4915. I want to thank you, Natalie, and hope you have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Thank you. And for those of you out there, if you are interested in being a guest on Pause Reset Brunch podcast, you can email me at pauseresetbrunch at gmail.com. Check out the website, www.naturalhinting.com, or you can DM me on my Instagram, LLC. Also, there's still time to obtain your tickets for the fifth annual Pause Reset Brunch, which is be held on March 11, 2023 in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I, once again, I want to thank Mylene Matthew Manzano for being such a, a excellent um, person to interview today. Um, one thing I have to say, Mylene is a very strong individual. She is passionate and she is serious. If you are looking for a mentor, please um, take, take that opportunity and um, give her a call. And also, Sika, we um, we would love for you to support Sika as it goes back live from since 2019 um, for the in-person event. Once again, thank you. Have a great month and have an awesome day on purpose, everyone. Thanks, Natalie.